0: Welcome to Conversations Over Coffee, where we're brewing inspiring discussions on the Philippine startup ecosystem with those who are making things happen. I'm your host, Bitsantas from Kickstart Ventures. Join me in every episode as we sit down with key figures in the startup community, as we explore their successes and challenges, and how we can work together to shape the future. In a country brimming with untapped potential and a rising entrepreneurial spirit, Many individuals are eager to break free from traditional career paths and explore the world of startups. Societal norms, fear of failure, and limited resources often act as roadblocks on their journey to success. In today's episode, we have Bam Mejia, Chief Commercial Officer of Sarisuki, to talk us through his journey disrupting the status quo from corporate professional to startup founder. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Conversations Over Coffee with Kickstart. I'm here today with co-founder and chief commercial officer of Sarisuki, Bam Mihia. Hey, Bam. How's hey, Bit. Okay, naman. Okay. So we're here to talk about like your journey into entrepreneurship, and particularly how you know you you took quite a side journey in the corporate world before finding your way in into being a founder of a startup.
1: It's a long side journey. Medyo a bit side journey. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Glad to give you, to tell you the story. I mean, I don't know what the folks will hear out of it. But yeah, glad to share you the story. I mean, anything for kickstart.
0: Okay, let's get into it. Can you tell us about yourself and your background and, you know, the, the formative years of, of Bam Mihia?
1: Yeah, so, so I... I do uh, commercials for Sarisuki, uh, meaning sales, marketing, acquisition, retention, and all of that. No, I've been doing it for the past two years. But before that, as you said, there's a side trip. It's a long side trip. So before this, uh, I did 17 years with PNG, doing various roles um, sales, handling distributor, key accounts, uh, doing sales strategy. I was assigned in Manila. The provinces of the Philippines and also had a four-year stint in Singapore, no? It was a long journey. It was a long journey. But I think that long journey really helped me in terms of really providing value in growing what Sarisuki is today, you no? Know? And I'm very thankful for that side journey in Procter & Gamble that, you know, it really equipped me uh, and helped me to become who I am today as the co-founder of uh, Sarisuki.
0: So, I mean, if when you think about it, when you look at it like superficially on the surface, parang, a 17 year career in, in an FMCG, parang, that's that's a career many, many young people already dream about. So what was it like in like the early years when when you were just maybe as a student, parang, you were just envisioning what you were gonna do? Did you imagine yourself, Parang, I want to go to the corporate world for a while, but then I'll eventually do something else? Or like how
1: did you envision it? Well, selling soap was not the first option that I had when I was young. You know, At first, I wanted to become a doctor, uh, maybe because my parents are doctors, so I'm the youngest of six. And oddly enough, I'm the only one without a title to my name. So I'm, I come from a family of professionals. No? My dad's a doctor, my mom's a doctor, eldest brother is a doctor, sister is a dentist, architect, engineer, doctor, and then soap salesman. <laughs> that's a, <laughs> so that's, a, that's our chronology. No? I can imagine how my parents would introduce me before. But no, I, I've always thought like when I was young, I wanted to become a doctor because that's what I saw. But we did have businesses before, like clinics, yung rentals, and all of that stuff. And I think that's where, as I progressed and saw the world as it is, that's where I gravitated towards. You know? In fact, the funny story there is I was so hell-bent in high school to get into medicine, But when I saw the amount of studying that was needed, the true, true dedication that you need to be a doctor, and hands down to all the doctors out there, I tell them, your passion and your dedication towards your craft is something that I don't have. And I'm thankful that I realized that sooner rather than later. So when I had a guidance counselor who's a priest in in my high school, I asked him, Father, I don't think I want to become a doctor anymore. E, mag, a entrance test na. so he said, Oh, kala ko ba gusto mo mag medicine? And I told him, Father, parang my heart's not in it. What can I do? So he gave me this course. He said, Okay, you seem to be good in math. You seem to, you know, like business. Then he gave me another course, no? So it's this course in Ateneo called Management Engineering, which I applied to. I took the test, thankfully I passed, no. And, and then yeah, and that's when it all started. Nah, uh, okay. Being a professional, being a doctor was out of the window. And then I took that business course. And yeah, that's where I met Brian. We were Study mates Yes, we do study uh, <laughs> <laughs> There's counter-strike here and there But we do study, you know That's where I met him We kept in touch I think we aligned on on a lot of things that we wanted to do But more importantly, that course I got to know my wife Sorry, Brian, but my wife comes first That's the best thing that came out of that course And, you know, it all started from there yeah, so from there, that's when becoming part of a multinational became a dream. No? That's when, okay, where are you going to apply? So that course triggered me into applying to Unilever, PNG, Colgate, and all of that stuff. I didn't think of being in a bank because I wanted something dynamic. So it was still some part of business that I wanted to be in.
0: So typically people from ME would either go to some financial institution or an FMCG.
1: Correct, correct, (laughs) correct. So it's a financial institution or an FMCG. So typical cookie cutter approach, I went to Procter & Gamble. So ME, so management engineering to Procter & Gamble, like the hundreds and thousands (laughs) of graduates, no? All right, I guess like before we
0: get deep into the like we we go into to to the start of your career. I find it interesting that you you mentioned that your family actually did have like a a few businesses related to their respective professions. Yes. So it sounds like your interest in business in general kind of came out of that. Yes. But also by the sound of it, the idea of entrepreneurship specifically was not necessarily yet so so crystal clear
1: at that point. Yeah, so we had medical clinics back then. So I think my other siblings like the medical side. I like the running the clinic side. Ooh, Mm. this makes funny. (laughs) I don't know what that makes me, but I think that's that's where the interest came from. I mean, when you see something, right, it's a painting. It's different things to different people. I guess for my family, when you see that painting of a medical clinic, you either gravitate towards the science of it or the business of it. And I've always, I don't know, I've I've always had, probably had that entrepreneurial itch. So another thing is that when we were young, my parents put all six of us into Taekwondo. Thankfully, we're all black belters. And then, yeah, and we put up a clinic uh, we put up a dojo right and I always like the making the money part not the <laughs> teaching <laughs> and it's great imagine imagine back in 1990s ba a lang you're gonna carbon date me if I say 1990s eh. <laughs> imagine mo back then we were getting like I mean it's a good business and I liked it no so I think when I look at uh, when I look at something, I kind of gravitate towards the commercial side, the business side versus the art side. So, probably my brothers and my sister like the teaching part, the, you know, seeing their students progress. I like that. But I kind of see, okay, how does this work? Right? Parang subscription model palato. Mm. So, I don't know where I got it from. Right. But I think when I looked at things, I've always been interested and curious on, you know, how it works on the commercial and the entrepreneurial side, which was even more magnified when I went to PNG. Mm. Right. So, I actually, given that background, given that interest in how things work, entrepreneurially, if that's a word, right, I approached PNG in a different way, I guess, in a different way. Like, I started off in PNG like any hardcore sales recruit selling in a truck in Tugigarau. I don't know if you know where Tugigarau is, but it's 500 kilometers yeah, I, I, north. I know of, of here. it. You know of it? <laughs> but it's very interesting now. It's very different now. Imagine Tugigarau early 2000s. I'm not going to say which early. Don't you say early in the 2000s? <laughs> no. But yeah, so if you're a typical PNGer, You'd say I need to hit my targets, I need to hit my goals and all of that, which I did. Otherwise I wouldn't have been regularized. But I've always looked at it, okay, how does this distributor make money out of me? Why do they like PNG as a business? No. So I've always asked that question as well.
0: Was there anything about PNG specifically that attracted you to it when you were, you know, coming out of college and looking around? My car eh? <laughs>
1: my, my, uh, so
0: <laughs> so yeah, I, I mean mas- mas simple ang buhay coming out of college. Yeah, yeah I
1: mean I mean PNG is a great company in terms of compensation and and the benefits, right? There's no doubt. The prestigious well, it's a great company. And you see folks doing well in it and you know they get sent abroad and all of that. People say that it's a good company to be in. I mean, anyone would kill to get recruited by PNG. And I think I've, I'm very fortunate enough to have been accepted, right? So I have a lot of gratitude uh, to my former company. So I think the I main thing of how I was approaching things very differently was I was asking questions on the businesses itself. So for example, after togigarao I was there for two years Then I handled the distributor here in Manila. I wanted to see how they work, was interested in their cash flow. I mean, things that, you know, a 23-year-old would not be interested in. And I guess I have to say that my first boss, who was also very entrepreneurial and had the same... Now I think about it, yeah. My first boss was also entrepreneurial. He had a lot of side businesses too Mm. that he wanted to do. He was also very intrigued of how the financials of a distributor worked, how their cash flow worked. And I told him, that I remember when we were dissecting the distributor financials for three hours over a phone call, I told him that was more learning that I had for four years in Ateneo mm-hmm. accounting or management engineer whatever. So I also give thanks to my previous boss for being entrepreneurial and instilling in me That desire, no? Or maybe just putting the fire on that curiosity on being an entrepreneur. Then I was exposed to the biggest entrepreneur of it all in the Philippines, SM, right? I handled SM for five years, right? And it's amazing how this family thinks, how well they negotiate how well they treat their people, how loyal these, their people are to them. And I'm very thankful that I got to pick on the brains of Mr. Herbert C., the guy who runs the, the their supermarket, right? I got to pick his brains. I got to talk to him. I got to negotiate with him. And what? A sub-30-year-old being exposed to that. I was very fortunate too. Don't get me wrong. It was very tough. Tough negotiation, tough preparation, right? And you have to know your stuff if you're talking to a billionaire, right? So PNG exposes you to that. And that's an advantage I think that PNG gives to you that, I mean, you're put into situations that are, you know, that would really hone you. You need to be disciplined. And then, but there's proper guidance. So again, you stand on the shoulders of people that you know, lift you up. And PNG has a lot of good people and you know, they put you into those situations, they train you, but also they mentor you. And again, I'm very thankful that I've had that experience.
0: So but then you also got the benefit of, you know, I imagine working in like a space of fast moving goods in mm. the province. Yes. And naturally the people you would be working with would be small businesses. Yes. And therefore, most of the people you'd be working with would be like more or less the owners of these businesses. Yes, that right? too. So, you know, from the
1: beginning, you're, already, you're surrounded by entrepreneurs. Oh, yeah. That's a good way to think about it. Yeah, you're right because when you start out in the province, you first service the Sari Sari stores, then you service the mom and pop groceries, then the supermarket chains, and you, and they look to you because you're this guy from Manila who knows everything, right? <laughs> With a nice car. But, but, you know, when you pick their brains, right? And you get exposed and you do that every day, not just the distributor owner, but all of these supermarket owners. I was very lucky to see that. And you see that Six days a week. So in PNG, in the mm. province, we work six days a week. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I I I never saw it that way. You know it, that even in the formative first three years of my corporate existence in sales for PNG, it was an everyday thing. You talk to entrepreneurs daily, right? And not just one. You talk to at minimum you talk to five. At maximum you talk to thirty entrepreneurs because you talk to sari-sari stores right mm. so so yeah i think those first 3 years built on even put more desire of the entrepreneurial itch that i had coming into png and sakto pa because sari-suki <laughs> tries to build entrepreneurs right mm. so i guess it's a perfect fit but probably we'll talk that later so after sm What I did was, I did that for five years. Then, okay, you've been working in the field for eight years already, right? Working on the field for eight years already, handling provincial accounts, Manila accounts, big accounts, right? I don't know if you know this wholesaler called Macro. It was Mm. bought by SM, but I also handled that. I don't know if you know this wholesaler in Dagupan called CSI. She's the mayor now. See, si Madame Belen. I handled that too. After that eight-year stint, you know, of just earning your stripes, then okay, you go to the head office. Now your market strategy and planning for. So I did market strategy and planning. It's like trade marketing, or essentially it's like commercial. So yana, yana yung commercial part. Commercial for our soap, skin, health, shave business. And our pharmacy business. So, medyo marami yun. Today, that's a role for five people. Before, <laughs> it was not. So, medyo kulang pa yung swelled ko nun, Pero, ok lang. But, yeah, so that in itself, right? I did that for five years. Another five years. So, nag-nakita naman ng 17-year journey natin. So, I did that for five years. Again, now you see everything from the forest. So you had that tree view. you' you were in the trenches, you were doing the negotiation, honing your skills, being exposed to all of these entrepreneurs. Now, all of that parang raw learning, you're in the HQ right? Now you have to de- develop the plans, develop the cadences, align the budgets, just really lead your businesses, your go to market business for those categories and that channel. So this was like honing yourself, honing your skills. I did that for five years. And on top of that, it's a job that was supposed to be for five people really <laughs> <laughs> for one person. So your capacity, right, of just taking on everything and anything is really honed. So I did that for five years. Then after that, and then you learn, right? You learn how to think. You learn how to converge theories, put them in your mind and then speak it, communicate it, right? You learn how to influence. You learn how to speak internally and externally because you have to develop your plans and get buy-ins from all of these VPs. But you also have to dumb it down and to simplify it so that the man on the street that used to be you can execute the plan, Mm. right? So now... You're that guy. You're that guy who makes the plans, right? You should be good enough and talk succinctly to upper management, but also be able to simplify it for the guy on the street to execute. So by the sound of it, the, in
0: your 17-year journey, sounds pretty much, again, on the surface, like a traditional... Journey of someone climbing the corporate ladder, yeah, right, and just yeah. upskilling in the process, but at the same time, and maybe only in hindsight, we realize it was actually also building you up for this next journey. Oh yeah, right, definitely. But was there like a single moment of epiphany where you realize, you know what, I've learned enough, mm. and you know, there's there's now this desire that I've had that I want to pursue something else, mm. or was it like a small moment that just kind of built over time?
1: Throughout those upskilling, there's a desire. There, there's still a desire to do it. So, I wasn't just doing PNG full time. I also was taking, looking, keeping my eye out on opportunities. Like Brian, I mean, I'm thankful for Brian being my friend, and we have a lot of discussions together. We go out, and we've looked at businesses here and there throughout me being in PNG. Those were the small moments that okay, this might work. I did see how Grab started. Grab taxi and I and I joined him in in trying to onboard and acquire taxi operators, just for my curiosity. So there was that those little things. But I think the big thing for me was when I became a father. You see yourself in the lens of your child. Right. And I asked myself, okay, how will my child view me? In what scenario will she be super proud of me? And when I answer myself, okay, being PNG, being a successful corporate professional, I think yes, definitely. But if she sees me going for my dreams, right? Something that I've always wanted to do and having the courage to pursue it. That will give her the courage to shoot for her dreams also. So I think when I did that reflection that, okay, because when you have a child, you love her so much. You love the, I don't know if you have kids, but oh my gosh, right? It really changes you. And you want the best for them. Right? You want them to be the best person that they can be. How can they be the best person that they can be if you did not try to become the best person that you can be? I remember that particular incident. I was still in Singapore then, right? I was trying, and it was, I think, New Year or something, that I was thinking about it that if I want this child. To see me as a true role model, right? And she knew that I wanted to become an entrepreneur from the start. But did not try it, right? What will that signal to her? So at least now I can say, daddy tried. Daddy is trying. Mm. And hopefully, five years from now, ten years from now, daddy succeeded. If not, daddy tried, Mm. right? So... That actualization beyond self, I think, was really the trigger point for me to say that this is worth it. Of course, there's a lot of things that will go into it, right? Self-actualization without a proper, how do you say, windfall. So I'm thankful for PNG. Mm. I mean, it gave me the proper financial security if you have that opportunity. Again, there's that. Founder market business fit, yeah, right. That happened also. Then I'm doing it with someone that has done it, and I trust. So th- there's all of those things.
0: Yeah. So I, I've I've heard you tell like parts of the story where you really describe it as a moment of serendipity, serendipity. where everything kind of just came together. Uh, yeah. But like the, the these reflections and this conclusion that I want to do something on my own now. Yes did this come before the opportunity to work with Brian
1: came along, or was it after? Just it during just mm. during we were We were testing it. I mean, I said no.
0: as I understand, like Brian was already try- starting like you know very initial versions of this
1: yeah uh, with, or, even with before, or even before oh. before there were other things that mm. I didn't have the courage to do so it's the courage of self-actualization and also the right timing, I think. So for th- for Sarisuki in particular, it happened at the same time because y- we were tinkering around it, thinking that, okay, will this really work? I don't know, but mm. it seems to be working. Great. But it was also during that time when, shucks, I need to make something of myself. I'm mm. turning 40 then (laughs) turning 40 I don't have time left uh, in my point of view right I think it was during Mm. but that epiphany or that self-actualization pushed me over the edge I think it gave me the courage no I cannot lose if I get the if I build the courage to try Mm.
0: So of those factors that came together for you to finally make the jump, you know, those factors would initially come together for you to be brave enough to make the jump. But then, how did you make sure that your family was prepared? Ah. Mm-mm.
1: So I'm very thankful that my wife is very supportive. She has seen me in the journey of really, because she was with me throughout that time. She we, we met in college and she's seen my career and she saw my desire she feels my discontent right she hears me talking about it right so yes your family should be fully aligned and without my wife's support full support unwavering support right she's the one that says we can live simply we have enough if ever i have your back right and i'm very lucky in that essence too that you know my wife is very supportive. My family is very supportive. We came to that conclusion as well together, right? And she herself also, she also came from, Shanaman comes from an entrepreneur background, right? Mm. So that's what she wants too. But of course, now she's a mother of three, but she's trying something now. So we both lift each other up to say, okay, mm. how can our children reach for the stars? If we don't try to reach for our stars, mm. so I'm. We're very much aligned in what we hold important, and thankfully she was very much supportive of me jumping. Right. Of course, there are fears. There's always fear, right? But you have to be braver than your fear, and yeah, that's what we're trying to do now.
0: So, by the sound of it, you know, if if your if your wife also you know had. Uh you know, was inclined towards entrepreneurship. Mm. You know, how did you and your wife, you know, get comfortable with the risk and uncertainty of moving to a startup, right? And no offense, but, you know, having starting with a 17-year career in in FMCG doesn't sound like someone
1: who's very... um, Risk, uh, a risk taker. Yes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I think we were very calculated in how we would build our financial asset base as a family thinking that anytime we would jump so it was not a, it was not done on a whim no, I don't like this job screw it bye bye right we were very intentional so we envisioned on having a certain lifestyle it's not a crazy lifestyle Lifestyle. our principle is whatever we as individuals got from our parents we should be able to provide to our children for example be able to go to the same schools travel and all of that and we have that number in mind plus inflation and all of that and throughout our married life and even throughout our single life you know we were not splurging on stuff right we built our asset base fairly intentional enough to reach towards that goal and when we built that and then everything aligned then that's when I jumped Mm. Again, if everything did not align We'll still be great We'll still be okay But we were very intentional from day one That these are the principles by which we will live by mm. We stuck to it, right? And it it's not easy I mean, yeah, if you want to splurge Go travel, do business class We don't do that We're very frugal And we're very intentional in our safe choices in terms of our personal investments. Hoping for the day that would come that there would be an opportunity. And thankfully, by God's grace, there is that opportunity today. So maybe on on
0: that note, when the opportunity came, what was it about the opportunity that attracted you to it? Mm. What was it about the opportunity... Of working with Brian and working on this thing that eventually became Sarisuki. What was it for you?
1: Yeah, first of all, Sarisuki was right up my skill set. Super fit for my skill set. Building entrepreneurs, retail entrepreneurs, dealing, not with fresh, but dealing, making small retailers, I think is right up my alley. And the things that I need to do, go to market, commercials, is right up my alley. So that's what initially I said, pasok na pasok to, ah. And I really think I can build this business with my skill set. That's the first thing. Second is, of course, it's the people you're surrounded with. So I do trust Brian in terms of business, but I trust him more as a person too, so I don't think anyone can can say that. I mean, if you get together as founders for a particular business, right, and you just knew each other, it would be different if you knew each other for twenty years and started something. Had been trying to do something. So Brian, starting this with Brian is a big factor too. Of course, the big factor is funding. I mean, there are people that believed in us, right? I mean, the product work, and there's people that believed in us. so that's the third thing that led me towards it. So number one was it's a fit. I think that my skills would really be the ones needed to grow the business to to build this business. Second, the trust in your co-founder. Third. There was trust from investors and the market as well because there was a lot of traction. And then on the base of it all is really the trust uh, of my family. So us as a family, we we wanted to do this. We're very intentional of wanting to have a business, uh, wanting to start a business. So that was the base of it all. So making the
0: leap into becoming a founder... It's essentially a bet on yourself, right? As much as you're betting on the people that you're going into that journey mm. with, it's a bet on yourself. So, you know, what do you feel, or maybe in that moment that you made that decision, what made you feel you had the right <laughs> to do this, right? What was? Yeah. What do you think? You know, many people say that wh- when you're talking about like startups and, and 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 starting a company, you know, ideas are a dime a dozen. It's all about execution, yeah. right? So. You could say that, you know, anyone could have thought of this idea. Yes. At the end of the day, it was still a bit of a unique idea, but, you know, um, anyone anyone could have thought of that idea. Potentially, you're not the only one with your skill set. Yes. Right? But at the same time, I guess you could say that you're the only one with your specific background and journey. So what do you think you were kind of latching on to or building on from your journey that you felt gave you the right to try and do this?
1: Yeah, I don't... It might seem entitled, no? But you know, honestly, at the start of the journey, I was doubting myself every day. And do I really? Can I really do this? Right? I wasn't a hundred percent sure. I mean, to your point, there's always doubt in your mind. Are you good enough to do this? Right? I wasn't a hundred percent sure that you know, I was that I had what it took. Though, on paper, and deep down, I knew I did. But I wasn't 100% sure. And I doubted myself every day. I still doubt myself. Tama ba ko and all of that. no? So I I don't think you'll ever get that sense of, yes, I'm doing this 100% sure. If there is a founder out there that thinks they do it 100% sure, bam at sarisuki.com, email me, let's talk. <laughs> uh, even Brian, you know, for as cocky as he looks <laughs> <laughs> Cocky as he sounds Yes, Brian, you are cocky Yes, his doubts too I mean And that's why You have your founders To say How we mm. We'll charge for Get For you guys to Hear that conversation But You can never be 100% sure um, well, uh, I Even I guess, 80% sure uh, I, I guess Yeah, That's that, I guess that's true But
0: are there any moments when, you know, you guys are working on, what you're, what, on on the things that you're working on in Sarisuki, are there any moments where, you know, you feel validation that, you know, ah, yes. I am the right
1: person for this? Very good question. Uh, but I will, I will answer first the, the other one or react to the one that you said that it's all about execution. Because when we started Sarisuki, we always ask, so what's different? So it, Why will people do this? So, in the end, when you're running the numbers, it'll be about execution. And when Brian saying, Yeah, execution talaga. It's all about execution. We will just execute better than any person out there because we're the guys that can do it. And, Oh, background mo yan, kaya mo yan, ito mga things alam mo. That, that's what he tells me. So, oh, Oh, ikaurin, you've done this. No. So, you have to build each other up. And also, when someone doubts, Oh, nga, gets kuyan. But, Kailan niyan. So, you, you always have doubt. Doubt will never leave you. Mm. Doubt will... I mean... Because things will get hard. Right? And we know that. We have that reality. We're not naive to say that everything will be easy and, you know, everything will fall in our laps. You just have to hold on to the fact that, you know, you're trying your best and you can execute better because you have gone through... You You have... You have gone through a lot, you have that you have that rigor, you have that desire, and you can just out-execute anyone. And if you believe in that and you lift yourselves up, then that's a good that's a good formula. I think your question was points of validation. Mm. So were, were there times that you're validated, no? Um yes, there are a lot now in our two-year journey. One is when you see the impact you have done to community leaders, so Sarisuki builds community sellers, right? So that they can become um, sellers in their market and they earn in their communities and they earn a commission for selling all of the goods in Sarisuki. When you see that you truly have changed their lives, that's so much validation. I'll give you an example. Just last month, one of our community leaders who lived in the slums of Marikina, stay-at-home mom, mom of three kids, three boys, seven, four, and newborn, right? And, and the husband works for a fast food chain, right? And she posted on, on her Facebook page that for the first time, she was able to give a birthday party to her child. Because Sasari Suki, community leader na ako. That's so much validation. Last December, one of our community leaders sent me a photo of her and her family. So it was her, the husband, the two kids, even the in-laws in Burakay. And they have never taken vacations ever uh, because she worked in a manpower agency or something. Now she's her own entrepreneur. She's a she's a one of our top sellers. No? And she's thanking me that Sir Bam, ito po kami. First time po namin nakatikim ng Boracay. Napadala ko pa yung in-laws niya. ba? So, not so much validation on the business model. But how about like personal validation? Personal validation, yeah. So, when something goes to plan. So, for example, We do have financial targets. And you have... And you know, you have that roadmap. You have that roadmap na... Okay, we will do XYZ. It will bring in ABC of sales and DEF of profits. And it happens. Kaling! And it's happening quarter one for us. And I made that... I mean, yeah. I mean, I was able to orchestrate that in October... To say that, okay, this is what we're going to do. Deploy these people there. And then the numbers come in. And truly, truly, that was your idea that you're going to do that. Is, that. That's a huge validation. The other one is, I'm no marketer. I'm a go-to-market guy. But if I have the, an idea that, okay, this is our Acme strategy and it works. Uh, we're able to acquire this much, this, this much community leaders through this strategy, this content, and what have you. Kind of like validation ah. ooh, things are working. I'm, I'm actually doing it, right? And I ask, Brian, this to ba? Mo, nangyari So there's that time. Again, you doubt. Parang, did I just do this? I asked my wife. plan. Ah. So there's so much validation na, okay, you do it in PNG, but you're within guardrails. Eh. Ito kasi, out of the blue, you think of this thing and you do it And it happens and the numbers come in, both in top line and whatever. And you make it happen. There's so much validation. And I could say that I have grown so much. I've grown so much in this journey over the past two years. And I think that validation personal has just happened probably in, in the last six to nine months when you're able to move the company towards something. But yeah, there is personal validation. Does any part of you think that I should have
0: tried this sooner, <laughs> or do you feel that, you know, again in the conf- in the in the yeah, in yeah, the yeah. confluence of of factors that made it possible? Mm-hmm. Do you think that it could have only happened the way it
1: happened? Uh, so if the opportunity happened, I don't think. Okay, and maybe more specifically, right? Because I, in, I'm, I'm thinking
0: of. Other people, other founders, specifically mm. who kind of made that jump sooner in their careers or jump straight yeah. into it. Yeah, I feel like for the longest time in in the local startup ecosystem, most of the founders are kind of of that shape. Which one? The- uh, people who kind of jump into it early, mm-hmm. meaning
1: not like us, the old guys. No? <laughs>
0: <laughs> and it's only recently. I mean, I guess like there have even been a few articles recently that came out that said you know the most successful. Founders are actually those who are in their... Older. Around our generational cohort. <laughs> um, uh, you can say it. Don't be shy. So, Uh-oh. you know, do you feel that how things are going well for you now? Uh, again, we're, we're quite early in the journey of sorry, Sufi, It's fairly. I think it's fair to say that things are going well. It's going well. And I've Do you feel so that much. the way that you've shaped your journey or mm. the way that your journey has gone
1: has led to that, is, is, has led to this point? Okay. So for me personally, and in my journey, I think it, so 17 years, right? I jumped 17 years after that career. I think it could have been earlier by five years, but not more than that. So I think for me, uh, I think for me, the right time would be 10 to 12 years. And there's a caveat in that 10 to 12 year uh, stint uh, of a corporate corporate guy that you've gone through compressed things so for me I think if you were in corporate 10 to 12 years that would be enough Yeah, I overstayed for about (laughs) 5 to 7 right there wasn't just that opportunity but we were ready we were ready for a serendipitous opportunity to happen when I was 12 years in the company but then again if you're young right don't discount being young because if you're young and the space that you get into uh is of your passion and it's right up your alley right you can short circuit all of that plus you have a founder that can be a bit more seasoned that can help you build that company then it's okay to jump as a as a yeah. founder right so but i think for my personal journey i could have done it a bit earlier 5 years earlier Not more than seven years earlier, I don't think so. But then again, it's different for everyone. Mm. But I guess based on on your
0: experience, on your journey, like, and you know, you you said that after ten to twelve years, people in the corporate world can probably have enough experience to 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 make the leap. But what would you? What would be your advice for folks in the corporate world who are thinking Mm. about making the leap or aspiring? As or maybe by, even to, to younger folks who are yeah. even earlier in their journeys mm-hmm. and maybe even at the point of deciding, do I want to go into the corporate path or do I want mm-hmm. to go straight into entrepreneurship? What 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 do you think based on your experience? Okay,
1: I think for me, and this is for me, going to through a corporate path gives you more benefit than not going through it. So I would always advise to go through the corporate path at least for two years, maybe five nowadays. Why? Because it gives you that sense of structure. It gives you that network. It develops you as a person, right? And you can see how things work. Maybe now it's two to five years. I don't know. But I think people, I mean, there's a lot of benefit to go through corporate and to just hone your skills there. And again, if you don't get that opportunity, I mean, being a corporate professional is also great. I mean, I would love to have my PNG salary now sometimes, <laughs> right? Uh, and that 15 and a half months pay, that's not bad too. Yeah, I think there's more benefit to try to go to corporate, especially if you're going to start. I think there's a lot of benefit in it. Second you try to go into corporate in things that are aligned to where you want to do business so maybe in the right industry right in similar industries or in a in a department is it sales is it marketing is it finance that you want to get into so meaning get placed in a familiar place that you want more or less to be an entrepreneur on so that's my second uh, advice. First advice is it's okay. Try to get into the corporate scene. Second is don't veer too far away uh from what you're interested in uh to build your build your own company. So I mean if you want to do a media company, don't go into a bank, right? I mean, needless to say. And then third, make the most out of it, right? So deliver. So when you're in the company, deliver what is expected of you and even beyond, but also push your agenda on building who you want to be with the intent of being an entrepreneur or building your own business. Because more often than not, your managers, if they are true believers or supporters of you, they want the best of you, but they can never do that if you don't tell them. Right. I mean, I have now people in Sarisuki that, you know, want their own business, which is fine. So tell me where this works, how because I know because I know what makes them tick and how to build them. All I ask is just give me proper heads up if you're gonna <laughs> leave. <laughs> but I'm supportive because I can unlock their true potential by pointing them to the right direction. Right? Only a true person that believes in And you will do that So I guess that's my third advice The third advice is to Be intentional To develop your own Skill set To develop your own Contacts Because no one else will It will not fall on your lap Then probably If I knew those three things I would have short-circuited it To less than 10 years Mm. But as you said I took my time With my side (laughs)
0: No, but that's a great point. That you know, wherever whatever path you take, always kind of put yourself on a path of developing yourself. Yeah,
1: be intentional, so
0: that whatever path you select, and if it be, if it is becoming a founder, you know, you put yourself in a best position to mm. hopefully be successful. Mm. So, thank you very much, Pam, for sharing your story. Before we end, one last question I had was, you know, in the world of venture capital, in the world of startups, we basically operate in the world of ideas of the future. Mm. What is one idea or concept mm. of the future that you've encountered recently that like particularly excited you or captured your imagination? Chat GPT?
1: <laughs> let's not talk that. Oh my gosh, let's not talk about that. Oh. What? Actually, chat GPT. <laughs> I mean, it's... <laughs> So mind boggling. Oh my gosh. Um, but, you know, it's not so. Chat GPT is a 50 50 joke. You know, for me, in the world of startups, right, we talk about the future, right? We talk about uh, what can be. But there are a lot of businesses out there that are just brass tacks, that if you just look at it in a different way, There's a lot of money to be had and a lot of business to be created, no? From mundane things like uh, chocolate, looking at the agri scene today. I mean, agri has been there for, ever since man has been here, right? But when you look at it, oh my goodness, food security, the inefficiency of the supply chain, if you just put one plus two, plus three, plus four together. You solve a lot of things. Inflation, you solve. I mean, I would put in agri as one of the things that really opened my eyes. It's not sexy, but it's important. Eating is important. And when Brian and I look at it, it's like, oh my gosh, there's so much. Oh my gosh. I mean, we have children, right? We want to feed our children. Mm. It's like, if we don't do something about it, then it's criminal. So agri is something that we would want that I would want to really focus on. It's not sexy, it's not a it's not like futuristic, it's not like chat GPT. But you know, it's feeding it's feeding ourselves. And when I look at it, there's so many things that can be done. It's not gonna be easy, not by not by a mile, but there's a lot of things to be done and a lot of good to be done too. So Hopefully, that's something that we at Sarisuki can do well. And we're putting a lot of energy into that. And I know, plug for Kickstart. They will help us in that one. But thank you. Kickstart has been super helpful in in that advocacy of ours. And hopefully, we do well with the trust and support of all of the ecosystem. Cool. Thank you
0: very much, Pam. We are very happy to be working and supporting you guys. Um, But again, thank you for sharing your story, sharing your thoughts here on Conversations Over Coffee with
1: Kickstart. So we'll be seeing you around. No worries. Thank you. I truly enjoyed it.
0: Thanks for joining us. Follow Kickstart Ventures on Facebook and LinkedIn to know who we're featuring next.